0: Hey, free for a catch up. Hello and welcome to Free for a Catch Up, the podcast that digs a little deeper. I'm Amanda, and I'm at Stop. Uh Okay, so we have Rob here with us, continuing from last week. So the question for today is, what's your end game? <laughs> I guess we have to unpack what we mean by that. It's like, what what are you working towards? Like, what's your whole motivation? what What are you doing? in your life yes. and in your job and what's your purpose like why do you
1: picture yourself ending up as, yeah I guess why do you do everything Yeah, why and, and you everything?
0: if you're struggling to actually have a, a motivation like what can you do to get reinvigorated mm-hmm. so Rob Rob is a big advocator for this um, he, and we sorry we forgot to mention before like you're, you're in the middle of writing a book yes and you've got like a YouTube, YouTube channel.
2: channel yeah uh, just yeah working on content for that as well uh, but yeah the book the book is going to be uh, pretty much about endgame, so uh, this concept. And I guess the best place to start with endgame um, is understanding what endgame isn't. Hmm. And um, for me, endgame isn't retirement, because I guess people's definition of retirement gets a little bit fuzzy uh, at times as well. And a typical journey would be about kind of people going into work, uh, they'll kind of do their 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 grind, and they'll develop a few savings, they will then um, have their mandatory superannuation contributions. They might have a few savings or investments on the side as well um, to the point where they're building up a bit of a nest egg uh, where now that retirement fund is able to support a lifestyle that they therefore then don't need to go to work anymore. And that sentence in itself is I don't need to go to work anymore which may have an inherent narrative that you don't want to go to work so you just the reason for retirement is to stop working mm. and if working was such a good thing what would you want to stop so i'm i'm trying to uh, say that if you could find work that you genuinely enjoy and that you um love and the money wasn't an aspect but you do it anyway that is a level of end game which gives you more f- freedom to you know, do, do things that are meaningful to you and that are important to you and uh, if you don't have that financial, uh, what is it? Kind of shadow cast over you. Then you can do it with a wholehearted um, conscience as well, without having uh, a level of uh, kind of just personal conflict or having an existential crisis, which you guys like to use as a term. So yeah, that, that's that's what I that's what I feel in game is.
1: So so just to clarify your end game is not retirement your end game is to to find and and remain in a field that that you would continue regardless of the income that that made is that correct or yeah. okay. so
2: so have so there's that term like um you know love like you've never been hurt dance as if nobody's watching and the, one of them is work as if you don't need the money hmm. well what would you do if you didn't get paid to do it right and You know, people talk about retirement or I want to stop working and I'm going to go and sit on a beach in Mexico sipping pina coladas or whatnot (laughs) as well. And, you know, that will probably get old very quickly. You'd want to actually do more. We are social beings. We are humans after all. And and we'd we'd want to do something with our lives. We don't just want to be sitting around waiting to die. That to me is not a great, uh, you know, space to be in from a a retirement perspective. So if I've got an opportunity to contribute to those around me, my friends, my family, the people I care about, and you know, maybe my community or even bigger, humanity, I would want to dedicate as much time and energy as possible towards that because that's what's going to be giving me a level of fulfillment and, and meaning. And, and I feel that that is actually important to me. So I'd rather do that sooner rather than later.
1: I think people fundament- like fundamentally why people retire is also because they physically can't continue. Yeah. It's <laughs> like when you're like 80 years old, I'm not sure if you can continue even if you love the thing you did if you could continue it due to physical limitations
2: yeah that, so, that, that's absolutely the case but yeah. then so so that's where it comes down to i guess uh i guess step one which is which is about kind of like personal investment and when when i say personal investment it is how do you give yourself multiple skills so you're not just in this one field what what are other ways that you can contribute that are not limited to something that's physical. Mm. So so, so an example of that would be a sporting star Mm -hmm. who, you know, they seem like they get a whole stack load of money. They've got, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollar contracts um, for sporting teams. But But to me, it's almost like you have kind of like accumulated a lifetime's worth of work, which you probably would earn just working in a nine to five desk job or whatever it is, condensed into... A short number of years but then once you're done like what else can you do and and most of those sporting stars may have only and the reason why they're at the level that they are is because they've focused so much of their time honing that skill in that sporting field so therefore they've had no other time to invest beyond that or in themselves like they they don't know anything about business they don't know anything about other technical skills that all they know is how to play basketball or play cricket or whatever it might be so then when they stop doing that what other value could they do? And maybe coaching is something, but again, now you're managing people. Now you're mm. managing a team. There's a bit of politics there. There might be some money management. That's a different skill. And um, if you are only focused on that one skill, whether it be, you know, yeah, yeah, just, just on that one skill, you've kind of condensed all that, um, that income into a short period of time. Although yes, you've got many years left in your life, but if you've got, if you've got no skills to actually mm. apply anything, you, like you're literally just waiting to die then. I
1: can I can speak to the the one sport that I'm passionate about, which is AFL. Yes. So I, I know I know for a fact though that now, um, so the younger kids coming through the academies, they are highly encouraged to pursue other interests whilst playing. I mean, they're at the elite level, mm. but just in general to to diversify their skill set because they know there is life after football for them. Yep. So it's something that I think they're trying to ingrain into into athletes now because. Athletes have typically a very short career mm. in terms mm. of when they re- when they retire from their sport. So um, yeah, it speaks to what you said. They you want to start training kids and people in their twenties to diversify their skills beyond just on the field. Yeah. So, well, it's like yeah. life after
2: work. Like, well, and you can do that whether that's called a side hustle or kind mm. of like just watching <laughs> um, or learning and reading books or whatnot as well. Like that mm. that is that is a good thing. Get your get your mind stimulated, but then. Beyond that, you actually start doing something about it as well. Mm. Um, so, like you could you could read a whole bunch of books and, and knowledge, and you could know a whole lot about property investment or whatnot, but if you <laughs> never actually do anything with it, the, then you, you've got no practice. You, mm. Nothing, nothing's going to. You're not going to be able to uh, create a, a, an outcome uh, without actually doing something about it. And this, mm, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, part of part of that part of the process is going through it. it you, you're not going to always get it right. And that's part of the process. That's, that's, actually, that's actually necessary. Um, one of the, uh, there was like a, a multi, you know, well, you know, there's massive uh, successful entrepreneurs was it being interviewed once. And uh, a question that was always asked at the end of this, uh, this podcast was that, you know, if you could give yourself, you know, advice for when you were, you know, 20 years ago or whatever it is, what would you say to your younger self yeah. when you were starting out? And this is probably the best answer I've heard ever. Oh. Mm. And that answer was, I would give him a glass of whiskey and just tell him to drink it. And it's like, hang on, what?
1: Wait a minute. Wait.
2: And he's like, because every single thing that I did over that time, all those mistakes, all that hardship, all the things that, on the emotional ups and downs, if I gave myself advice to avoid those, Mm. I wouldn't be Um, the person I am today.
3: mm.
2: Those were absolutely critical in building me to what I am today. So I would never take that away from myself. And that's what makes me the person I am today. And I'm like,
3: dude, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wise words, wise words. How awesome was that, right?
2: <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the best answer. Whereas, yeah, because he's actually thought about almost oh, like the, the, the timeline, the time travel timeline, uh, you know, the, 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 the mechanics of that. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um,
0: we talked about that before, like mm. not being afraid to make mistakes and like yes. actually embracing the only failure. failure. Is if
1: you don't learn
3: from it, yeah, so. and all like failing forward, the whole concept mm. of like learning from it.
0: Mm. Um, but to to the whole end game thing. So, um, I guess what. The conflict that I I can see is that we, so as millennials, we grow up being told, you know, you have control of your future and you can do things for yourself. And your whole aim of like your life is to um, build something for yourself, which is why a lot of the time when we get to the workforce and then... We see what happens and we realize that it, it seems really futile, like, you know, the whole we go to work and then, OK, what's the point of the of You're stuck that? in the rat race? Yeah. And then so you did mention before, it's like how you can contribute to other people and how you uh, give back to your family or like um, spend time with people that you love. So that's I feel like we don't as millennials, we don't have that foresight yet. We don't really have we're not in tune
1: with that aspect of life so it's because it's not emphasized yeah exactly like what what people you know when you tell a kid like you tell them okay study hard then get you need to get a job Mm. what person is sitting down going you need to um you know (laughs) you need to know your end game yeah well (laughs) exactly
0: so that's that's the piece that's missing i think so i guess how would you what would you say in response to that
2: my um i think that is A function of the environment that millennials are brought up in and you could hear a really good chat about this which is the millennial question by Simon Sinek Um, his response to that was that the the environment that millennials have been brought up in is is a function of technology which has bred a lack of opportunity to practice patience and what I what I mean by that is you know you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you girls, but um, I remember a time when if I wanted to watch a movie, I had to go out and buy a newspaper, <laughs> check the movie times, and then see how that lined up with the cinema. If I wanted to listen to my favorite song, I'd have to wait till 7 p.m. at night and listen to the radio where they had a top 40 countdown, and I knew that maybe it was going to be in that time. All right, and if I wanted to watch, listen to it again, I'd have to like record on a tape, and that was my <laughs> way of kind of like getting there. Oh, right? Man. If I wanted to watch a TV series, I had to wait every week at you know seven thirty on a Tuesday or whatnot as well. When I was standing there waiting to get picked up by my mum from school, and she was late, I had no clue where she was.
1: Oh, I thought you like I didn't have a phone to distract myself. <laughs> it's
2: not just that; I had no phone to contact her to even tell me where she was. Right, mm-hmm. I couldn't message her. I couldn't call her. I just had to wait, and that's and that's just that's a function of my era. Whereas none of that exists these days. If I, if I wanted to meet a new person, I had to go out to a club and hey, you know what's <laughs> up, you know, Whoa. you know, try to you know. Whereas so whereas these days, swipe yeah, right. Yeah. If you want to watch a movie, stream it. If you want to watch a series, binge watch it. If you want to watch a m- music video, YouTube. You want to listen to a song? Spotify. It's all on demand. And you want to, you want to find out where someone is? Or you, you can message them. You can literally track where they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Uber. <laughs> on Uber, you can see where the car's coming. Like, but that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. This is literally the environment that millennials are brought up in. And you don't have to be patient. That, like in, or you don't have to wait because that information's right there. But, so, so However, patience is still an important skill and make no mistake it is a skill that you develop over time and the reason why i say that is all things that are that are, are truly meaningful that give you some really great sense of joy come with time all right <laughs> a great meal comes with time a great relationship you don't just find that perfect person you cultivate that over time yeah right you don't find the dream job you cultivate that over time you don't just, you can't just get an app or you can't pay somebody to make you fit. You can't just magically be able to run the city to surf or whatever it is, right? I, I hear you girls are both running, right? <laughs> really- it comes with time, yeah. with practice and with pain, but with patience. You know, there's no chance that I'd be able to keep up with you girls and, you know, in, in, in that regard, but I could work towards that. But so, any and the sense of fulfillment that you girls have achieved, when whether it be finishing the Blackmores, you know, city run or whatever it might be, that sense of achievement, that feeling, was way deeper than anything that you could have bought, right? But that and it was that much more rewarding because you worked at it, you cultivated that over time, and 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 that's the thing there. That is absolutely necessary in our human nature and our human DNA, and therefore that skill of patience if everyone just wanted to go oh, I just want to run the city surf tomorrow but don't do anything about it or they want to just throw resources at it like you know, I'm going to get all the best gear mm. or just get all the best money or a trainer but if you don't turn up and do the work and invest the time you're not going to do it you're, it's not going to happen and therefore you're robbing yourself of that feeling of achievement or fulfillment or, or, or meaning of what it's done to you and your confidence and then therefore uh, springboarded you into being a better person, partner, whatever um, in 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 your life as well.
1: So, how do you think millennials can use that? Um, since we, our audience is mainly millennials, how do you think they can use that to cultivate their own idea of in-game or um, or waiting
0: patient yeah. for something? Well, to or seek
2: opportunities in the to be patient because oh. seek up. Op- yeah, right. Like if you if you're watching a video on YouTube and it might not be what you thought.
1: Watch the ad before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, oh no, I'm not necessarily watching the ad. So I pay for YouTube Premium, so I don't watch it. Oh, um,
1: so there's some things you can pay for. There yeah. you go.
2: <laughs> but like watch the whole video or like if you're listening to a song on, on um, you know, you've got a playlist, Spotify or whatever, listen to the song in, in whole. There might be parts of it that you might not knew about, right? Um, you know, cook your own food. Just see how that, how that goes for you go and, and work out, pick up a new hobby where it'd be. And and it usually comes down to physical health, mental health, and like family relationships. Mm. Like you can't, there's no money or resources that can, can buy any of those things. You have to be patient for, to get any level of meaningful progress in any of those fields, whether it be physical health, mental health, or, or like family and relationships. So whether it be your spouse, your parents, your kids, um, So you can't just magically have this great relationship with your parents or with your brothers or with your partner. You have to help that over time. And you might not get the result this time, but then try again and try again and try again. If you want to start cooking and learning how to make, uh, you know, bacon and cheese egg muffins or, you know. (laughs) Which I've gotten right from me and they're that's, delicious. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, what a coincidence that you <laughs> mentioned that.
2: <laughs> right, but you you might not get that perfect the first time, and that's okay. And it did take me like two hours and to cook that. Oh, yeah. I Takes some
3: long. of it. No, But no, is no, this sorry. your first time cooking it? Yeah, it is. Yeah,
2: oh. right? And they were great, but like, what other skills have you developed in the kitchen leading up to this?
0: Actually, yeah, patience is probably a big one from the kitchen, because I would say I'm not a very patient person, yeah. and that's not my, <laughs> my strength. And that's actually the reason why I hate cooking, <laughs> because it takes so long. You yeah. must hate baking even more. Oh, it's yeah. So, it's so protracted. <laughs> that's like, why I thought this morning. to teach. To, I just need to practice ah. it. Yeah, and it's something oh, yeah. I wanted to eat as well.
1: You so. did say you were going to bake. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right, and... Yeah, so so that that is an opportunity to practice your skill of patience. So maybe if you only cook or bake once a week, maybe make that consistent, or maybe cook twice a week, or uh, batch your whole um, your whole week's worth of food <laughs> or whatnot, uh, and that kind of helps with energy. That's what I, got. I do. That's what you that's do. That's what I do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so that and that's a good level of of patience as well. Uh, if you find that that's not really testing your patience, then go do something that might. Like golf. Or like oh, oh,
1: that's, <laughs> golf is actually
0: quite fun. We went to the driving range the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's it? immediate
2: feedback. That yes. is about failing is it, fast, though? right? Yeah. Right? There, there's a, there, and there's no one else you can blame. Yep. So that's, I really like golf because it's a great equalizer. And it does teach patience. And if you let that get a hold of you, you get immediate feedback through your golf swing. Through your, <laughs> oh. the result of that ball. That ball goes nowhere. All right? <laughs> yeah. So I really like that. The The... The psychology behind golf, I think, is huge, mm. right? Um, so, I, I, and that's that's where I would say, you know, work with others, um, you know, practice patience upon others, but also patience for yourself as well. So, don't expect everything just so quickly, you know. I go into this company, I've just graduated out of uni and I want to make this huge difference and this company sounds great. And then you go, hey, how you going? You know, it's like, yeah, not making a big of a difference. I think it's
1: good to have some kind of, like, excitement, though. Like, Yeah, go in and just be like...
2: But the excitement (laughs) is okay, but understanding it's a long game, which is, I think, why... I mean, a lot of this I'm regurgitating Simon Sinek here, and that's why he's talking about his next book is Infinite Game, which is a long-term game, (laughs) because everyone thinks too short-term. His book that's releasing in October is called The Infinite Game.
1: Mm. So I think no matter how young you are, it's always a good idea to think about where you're going to end up, because even though it's far away in your mind like, you know, it, it, all good things take time, so... expert <laughs>
2: view is it's beyond even your lifetime. Oh, so you're contributing to a game that you're not even going to see the end of, because mm-hmm. there is no end it's infinite, mm-hmm. but if you can contribute towards that, then that should be enough well, that that is enough, mm. and that's way better than any sort of superficial short-term stuff
0: So then, is that by doing that, are you meant to then find meaning and purpose in, in what you do?
2: I think that... Uh, Endgame is a great opportunity to do that with a level of peace without the cast of a shadow of financial burden. Um, however, if you can find that on the way to getting to your end game, because ultimately we still need to put food on the table, have a roof over exactly. our head. Yeah, there's pragmatic um, things to think yeah, about. Yeah, well. and that's okay. And there are employers out there and there are workplaces out there who are willing to work that in with you. But the clear, but that starts with yourself again. You, you've got to have that level of awareness that that's what you want to get to. So then, if you're clearer of what it is that you want to contribute towards, and you can articulate that well, a company who needs people on that same page are gonna connect with you way more, like much more quickly.
3: Mm.
1: I think most people, if you ask them, would you rather do a job where you, you you know, if you still do it, if you didn't do it, you do it, didn't do it for money versus a job where you are doing it purely for the money. Of course, most people would be like, yes. I would love to, you know, the old, oh, if, you, if you find a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Yes. Like that's, that's great. But I think a lot of people think that's very idealistic and not pragmatic when, when not everyone's like, say for example, and I, and I bring this up because I know that artists are typically not remunerated very well. So... If they follow that kind of mindset and mm. they say, well, I'm going to do this, but they don't actually make enough money to support themselves, then is that responsible? Is that responsible to themselves? Is, like, is it responsible to the people that, they're, mm. that they have, you know, like their family mm-hmm. or, or whatnot? So, yeah, how does that...
2: They does still that need to... If that's the only form of income, then they haven't got the skills to <laughs> diversify uh, a provision of value. Because ultimately... Okay. Contribution is a function of value, and value is usually remunerated, in, in um, uh, yeah, rem- remunerated as, as a function of the value that you bring. So, if an artist is not making money through only their art, well, what contribution are they really making? Or they might not have a business skill. Like, it's, so so, passion and a hobby is one thing, though. Yeah. But then actually making a big difference to humanity, or like exercising creativity or whatnot, like how would you, how, how can you monetize that? And if you don't know, that might be a skills gap rather mm. than I'm just in the wrong profession. And I'm not saying that you should abandon all creative, um, you know, avenues. If anything, we probably need more of that, right? To put an, an artist to put their work out there mm. to be judged by the marketplace, right? But the thing is, that's giving you feedback. If it's not giving you money, that's also feedback. So, mm. do you have the skills to cope with that? And do something about it. Or if that doesn't matter, what other means of income can you get, right? And how can you do that without necessarily selling yourself or having a shadow? Like, is your art being and your creativity being stifled because you're under a shadow of, well, I know that I don't want to, um, you know, paint this and it's not really aligned. But if it makes money, like I'd still need to build way. I think a great um, movie is Chef. The one oh, with, yeah, uh, that's Jonathan a great Roy. movie. Yeah. <laughs> right where he hated you know it was a top restaurant but he didn't want to do the cook the menu he didn't want to do it just because that's what the critics wanted and that's what people would pay money for but it just wasn't what was for him right and he would rather go off and start his own food truck mm. right and the passion spoke more like that's the message of that thing you know so so you might not be rem- and that's where the thing is running your own food truck you still need to do marketing. You need to have logistics. Like there's a whole bunch more that comes with that as well, which is about that business ownership is everyone kind of cut out for business ownership as well, <laughs> yeah. right? And they, they may fail, but this is skills that he would have needed to mm. bring in or at least be part of and have and be, and be part of a team. So so yes, I'm not saying that just because you're passionate about something um, that you can't do it. You probably need to find uh, a team to help you uh, get get past that. And that's where... Um, you know, people kind of rail on K-pop stars or um, like professional streamers and podcasters where they're part of a company or live streamers. I don't know if you've heard of this before. Um, So K-pop stars where they, where they go out and they, they, they're the face and they're, they're stars, but the company that they're part of, they get like, 80% 80% oh, of right. all uh, the revenue that yeah. the, the K-pop group makes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Also trade off, they get the support and exposure through the company. How so. much would they have got? You know, <laughs> to me,
2: it's having a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> all right. And, and make no mistake, if you're just doing what it is that, that you love, then that could be a great thing. The, the problem is if it's, if the relationship is too imbalanced and therefore you're not really, uh, it is not symbiotic. Mm. Um, then it can. So maybe K-pop's not the best example on, on that. Um, <laughs>
1: but I guess that's the, that's the question I'm asking, that it's that balance, right? Because it's like, for example, if, you're, if your daughter or your son like grows up and, and wants to pursue something that you can see being challenging for them to to make a living out of it, mm-hmm. but it is something that they want to do and they don't care if they make money, so they literally <laughs> don't make any money. And then how, how would you kind of advise them? Because... Like, with the example of artists, it's not so much that, at least just from experience talking to people, it's not so much they're doing work or that they're being forced to create art that they don't want and they're selling stuff out. It's that they're doing it, but unfortunately it's not, um, I guess the value within Australia, at least, is not there, mm-hmm. so they're not compensated. Mm-hmm. So they're really struggling. They love what they do, but, um, and, and so they're not, they don't see it as work, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're not making any money. So it, it's like, are you really going to be happy if you're doing something you love and you're not getting paid for it? Because mm-hmm. you've got to... Pay rent,
2: right, so, pay that's, bills. so that's so um, that's that that's a that's a good good question. So the way that that we could approach that one is, and and it was it was based on another question you had was what kind of motivates people as well. So in terms of motivation and a level of patience, it's the question isn't about doing what you love. It's sometimes a question of doing what it takes. But can you do it without necessarily selling yourself out? So you can do it and it might not be the, the ultimate utopia of your dream job, <laughs> right? However, it's, it's somewhat justified because you're working towards and that, that, mo- that can help motivate you and that can also help you develop that level of patience. Now, you wouldn't want it, it to be obviously something that's criminal, that's completely <laughs> against the law, but you also don't want it to be where it's so impactful to your own personal being mm. that therefore you then unload that <laughs> onto your onto your spouse or your family or the people around you which kind of comes back to that work-life integration um, type of thing as well. So yes, look, mm. there is no like hard and fast rule mm. on that and look, there is there is no um, perfect example for everybody and yes, there, there's, it's certainly not as simple as, mm. as, as I'm probably making it seem. <laughs> no, no. Yeah.
1: I, it's, it's that, that's like an ideal kind of situation. So I'd say that like, you know, I, I, people, the reason why people stay in a job they don't want is because it it is basically there to support them financially Um, and maybe it is their end game to find something that they would love to do even if it didn't pay anything but if it didn't pay anything you know you you can't live so how clear (laughs) is that for them so so your
2: question before was you know if you could do a job that you love then you wouldn't have to work a day in your life my question is so what's that job can you Mm -hmm. actually tell me that job and Mm -hmm. if you you know Mm. if you could type that in to seek.com <laughs> and, and that came up.
1: Paying zero dollars.
2: <laughs> and, that, and that's what I mean. Like, So people aren't necessarily clear about yeah. that. So if they aren't clear about that, yeah. then it's no wonder that they're not necessarily motivated. Yeah. So they just kind of work day to day and then, mm. then they, get, they, they, they fall into the trap of, all right, well, my lifestyle starts creeping up. I get a bigger house, I get a job or I, I want to travel a bit more or I get mm-hmm. kids and therefore I need a little bit more of an income but then my promotion kind of did this and then they just kind of get yep. in this cycle where they're stuck Mm -hmm. i'd love to break out and do something that i love but i'm actually chained to the liability that i've created for myself i've got a mortgage to pay i've got two house payments i've got kids that need to go to school i've got a family to feed you know my wife is at home working or whatever you know sorry i'm looking after the kids so we're on a single income i literally cannot stop Mm. but that might have been like and and the great thing is your audience is probably way before this (laughs) Right? Yes, yeah, not to scare you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but isn't that-, that a good time to start? Yeah,
1: when you have the freedom to make those decisions to set up your future.
2: Well, yeah, So what's so what's that question? If it's like, what's your dream job? Yeah. But then then it's not just about a, a hobby that you're passionate about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It still needs to give value.
0: I think that's really interesting because when people think, say that they they're in love with the concept, like mm-hmm. they're in love with the idea, mm-hmm. but you ca- they can't really explain like the detail what of what, it, what exactly it is And the other is. thing
1: is even if you pursue your hobby, right? Some people say when you do that, it becomes like a, a, a like a job and mm. so you don't love it anymore. So, yeah, anyway, that's that's
3: not <laughs> topic. Well, that's what I think
2: <laughs> I think hobby is a part of that um, you know, it's a, it's it it may serve as a little bit of distraction as well. So, it's like there's something that's beneath that. Mm. So, somebody who likes gaming right so my hobby is like, 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 like I'm, I'm trying to think of a you know 16 year old kid who spends nine hours a day playing Fortnite. right
1: <laughs> nine hours a day oh, I don't <laughs> <know>. wow <laughs> that's like they probably awake until four in the morning yeah this is probably real <laughs> you know
2: whether they're listening to this podcast or not I don't know but um please don't you know I would right. argue and so so they might not be studying that grade at school right and a parent would probably say oh my gosh my son is so lazy like he doesn't do any schoolwork." Mm. right Whereas I would argue that he is probably more dedicated than most adults.
1: (laughs) It's misdirected.
2: Misdirected because he doesn't have his priorities Mm. straight. He doesn't understand the long-term implications. However, what activity do you volunteer nine hours daily to do for no financial gain?
1: Not even sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: Not even sleeping. And people understand the long-term health benefits of sleep. Right? <laughs> hey, look you're you're talking to the wrong people here because That's I, true. I, I sleep for five hours a night. Exactly. Right? Yeah, the <laughs> <best of you. laughs> right? But like like think think about that as a concept. But then if you start breaking that down, what is it that he likes? Uh, uh, gaming coding and the ethics behind that is another topic in terms of like creating dopamine and all that. However, the idea of being in a squad based game the Mm. fact that he's leveling up and optimizing gear and combinations strategy communication teamwork there's probably some really good skills in there that he really enjoys Mm. so how can you harness that Mm. and turn that into something that he can contribute that people will value you know he can't just be you know uh a dream that he's going to be a professional Game. esports gamer, <laughs> you know, or a professional um, live streamer on on Twitch or YouTube or whatnot, <laughs> because they're just the one in a yeah. many million type of situation. Um, however, the fundamental skills behind that could be really valuable at a local level. So, that, and that's what I, that's what I would be harnessing if it was my kid and I saw that was happening, I would be exploring that. Mm.
1: What if they just spent nine hours watching TV?
2: Well, what's the content that they're watching? I don't know,
1: like a bunch of different shows with no recurring (laughs) theme. Well, then they're
2: probably escaping something. So then I'd be asking them what? I'd be trying to explore that. Okay, so what is it about school that they don't like if they're escaping it Mm. rather than looking forward to it, Mm. right? And it's just a matter of priority. They've put it down as a very low priority to do their schoolwork, (laughs) right? And I would put uh, schoolwork as a high priority or education as a high priority. Mm. So, the thing is, if they were spending nine hours watching, you know, TED Talks, okay. and, <laughs> oh, you know, and, you know, Afflective. how to learn to code, right? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't
1: be so worried. Right, yeah. I'll pr- again,
2: yeah, so th- that that is um, – yeah, but sometimes it is about um, them trying to find their own place as well. Mm. And you need to give them that space to do that. Mm. You know? And not everyone knows what they want. But the earlier you can start that journey, I think it would be quite valuable. And if you are only discovering this and, you know um, – you know, when you've got three kids in school or two kids in school, <laughs> multiple car lease payments <laughs> and a mortgage, you know, on a single income because your know, your wife works part time or whatever it is, like making that change, making that pivot would be actually detrimental or it would be a big change to their lives. Mm-hmm. And like my advice would actually be sell your house. <laughs> right? So so they're like, oh so I'm stuck here. So we'll sell your house. Do you have equity in your house? Yeah.
1: I was just going to say, unless there's no positive equity, in which case... The the chances are they are.
2: If they've got to a point where they've got kids and stuff like that, sell your house. And they'll be like, what do you mean? So where would I live? Rent somewhere. Mm. And use that equity Mm. to either fund your time that you're not working or go towards as a capital contribution to start up your business to help it market Mm. or use that to train yourself to be better skilled at something. Mm. And that gives you the buffer. But then I don't have a house. No, yes, you do. You're living in a house; you just don't own it. It's
1: because of the great Australian dream of owning. a house. Oh man, <laughs> this is that am- is. Oh, I, I could also talk to you about yes. this for way too long. I mean, anyway, if we we might pivot into that area. <laughs>
2: well, I I am a I am a um you know a, I'd like to say somewhat experienced investor, and um with with multiple different things, and I probably will never live in my own home. Oh yeah, ever. that's
1: that's a common um. A common kind of mentality that people are starting to work towards mm. i think so and and, and and not yeah and i mean you know it. if you i'm sure you've rich dad poor dad i mean he mm. he has very like you know robert kiyosaki has yes. very strong views about how a house is viewed as an asset but it's actually liability yeah i, I completely <laughs> anyway. agree with that
2: completely agree with that right. and if okay, yeah no no we, we will this will be a completely <laughs> different episode sorry
3: yeah. <laughs> so should we? But do you remember someone's
0: really interested in like property investment? Do you remember that question that we
1: had? Oh, yes. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm not. An, you know, I'm much more of a shares investor, so I can't. Well, I've got both. So yeah.
2: And business and commercial property, mm. and now trying to do developments, mm-hmm. and then now looking at short-term accommodation like hotels, mm. Airbnb type of stuff. Right. Because I think that's a bit of a trend. <laughs> but like, like something that I also. Um, Want to understand that if that's a if that's a rise, yeah. how can I be how can I be a part of that? Mm. And therefore, what skills? So I've, I'm I'm learning. I'm actually I've got a course that I'm learning about how to be an Airbnb um, kind of investor. Yeah, and stuff because yeah, I'm always learning. I don't know just because I do. I've been doing property for 15 years. Mm. I don't know much about short-term accommodation, the difference between hotels and not. So I'm learning about that. I've, I've bought a course on how to mm. learn about that stuff. So yes. So that yeah, definitely it's all you're always learning, mm. always investing in yourself. And that is that is step one.
3: To yourself,
1: yeah. <laughs> one of my constos. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I guess, yeah, so bring it back into uh, like the whole end game concept, like, like what what could you do about it? Step one is about that personal investment. How do I how do I invest in myself to not just have that one skill that is valued by the marketplace? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like people who, who if they go, oh, if I quit my job, then I don't have any money. Well. That's because you're only valued based on that job, on that one skill. Well,
1: they say one of the biggest risks is to have only one source of income. Mm. Like, you're not diversifying. And also, the other thing I've heard is you should diversify in, in the same way as, you know, your your portfolios. Yeah. <laughs> and across asset classes. You should also diversify your meaning portfolio. And also, yeah. yeah. So, like, you need to diversify what you find meaning in Because if it just comes from one thing, if that's cut off or, or something happens, then you find yourself just a lost wanderer. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, maybe I don't that's think thats a start i never I
2: never actually thought about it in that re- regard, but I actually do that like I find a lot a huge amount of meaning being mm. a parent mm.
1: across
0: yeah right
2: but parents. I also find a huge amount of meaning uh contributing to you know young um people within our business and mentoring them. I find a huge amount of meaning um talking to other business owners or specifically mm. pharmacy owners like I, I i love the fact that I'm on this podcast and being able to share <laughs> yeah. this with you girls and the, and your audience like that that gives yeah. me a great sense of meaning um and I find it extremely fulfilling to to just be able to contribute this. I yeah. I'm energized as a part of this. This is not draining to me, right? But however, this too extrovert. But this <laughs> but this could be considered work, but not for me. Yeah, you know, I love yeah. this. And I was excited to wake up going, yes, I've got a recording a podcast <laughs> oh. today, right? How cool is that? We, we have an <laughs> Um So yeah, so if step one is like personal investment, step two is yeah. I call it work-life integration, but based on the, the, the discussion that we had in that previous episode, um, in terms of, yes, there's going to be some separation of where you rejuvenate and manage your energy. However, it is still about um, making sure because if you're going to do it all the time, like there's so many things when it comes to your investments, that it's so diverse, but also in terms of your meaning then, it's also so diverse. How do you make sure that that all intertwines and becomes part of your life? Um, and then the last one is actually doing something about it, which I call execution. You need to actually do something and um, you know you you need to make sure that you've got a plan make sure that you can think long term you've got to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who can can do the things as well are you setting yourself up with a level of leverage whether it be through technology or through capital or through other people's or systems those those sorts of things um, to ensure that you can replicate and somewhat predict um, the variability in your results so Mm -hmm those i guess are, are, are my three steps obviously they each each one is many podcasts in, in <laughs> itself um, but uh, it, uh, yes <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that as as a nutshell is um is is kind of what Endgame is about for me
3: that's
0: good yeah. i think ultimately it's a mindset shift isn't it yeah. cuz like yeah. we grew up thinking a certain way about how to live our life but yeah. if you start thinking about it a different way mm. it gives you perspective and mm-hmm. meaning and Yeah.
1: Start as long as you can. All other
3: investments. (laughs)